In this episode of What We're Calling, we talk about suffering as a Christian. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Friday. How you doing, Josh? We're back, Kenny. We're back. <laughs> we are, and let me let me say this is mostly my fault. It, and, and Josh, I, I think it's probably appreciated the break, but I, life has gotten in the way uh, for me in a big way. So I appreciate your patience, Josh. I appreciate everybody else's patience as well. Um, but this was this is something that is still very important to me. I hate when I don't produce content on a regular schedule. So I yeah. hope those problems are behind us, Josh. Yeah, this is a little bit different than than the other content I'm kind of responsible for. If I show up on Sunday and I don't have a sermon ready, <laughs> I've, I've got a real issue. If if we didn't record a podcast a week or two, that's not quite the same issue. But right. I did miss it as well. But you're right. Uh, having a little break wasn't a, wasn't a terrible thing. And I know you had a lot... Uh, going on work-life balance has been pretty hectic for you, but I'm glad yes. we can do this. And uh, what a day we picked to do this. It's um, just kind of rainy outside. Yes, that's uh, exactly right. So thankfully, it's not any worse than that, but uh, a great day to talk. That It is a great day to talk. And if you're following this in real time, we just completed a meeting with Kenny Moore. Uh, I'll tell you what what, 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 what are your impressions of that meeting, Josh? I'll be happy to share mine. Well, you know, Kenny is certainly no stranger, really, to a lot of people, certainly not a stranger to the university congregation. My uh, association with Kenny is a lot less than others because I, I followed him here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been back a time or two and always, always just been super encouraging to me and, uh, and appreciative of the work uh, that we do at, at university. But uh, his lessons were excellent. Uh, I will tell you that I've I've latched on to the Tuesday night lesson uh, more than any, and I, I don't know if you planned it this way. You know, Tuesday in our country uh, is an election day, and, yeah. and so there was a lot of a lot of uh, I don't know if you'd say anxiety, but just a lot of discussion going into that day. And then, of course, there's been discussion uh, about whatever fallout has come after that day. Yeah, but his lesson Tuesday night was, uh, and the whole theme for the week was power to overcome. I'm sorry, uh, power from above. And Tuesday night was a discussion on how we can overcome. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing earth shattering in that lesson. And he's been very frank and upfront about that. You know that the things he talks about aren't things that we don't know, but they serve as really good reminders. And he talked about our need to have faith. Our need to, and I'm going to go out of order uh, because he talked first about faith. He talked third about our need to ask for help. But then he talked in the middle about perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the one on Tuesday that I was so thankful we we talked about perspective. Mm-hmm. Because we we live in this you know constant news cycle and we treat every decision that every politician makes as, as this earth shattering thing that our lives and our livelihoods hang in the balance on this. And you go to scripture and you go to Ecclesiastes in particular, uh, where Kenny was on Tuesday evening 
Yeah. And you look at perspective. And of course, what is the whole duty of man? Fear God and keep his commandments. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what happened on Tuesday or any other day for that matter. Perspective shouldn't change. My goal, my my walk is still to follow after God. And so I was just I was just so very appreciative of that lesson and have recommended it to to several people after Tuesday. I Kenny is a very good guy. I, I think, no offense, Josh, but I think Kenny and, and Ralph Walker probably tell a story about as well as anybody I know. And yeah, <laughs> the the beauty of both of those guys is they can that they can spin a yarn and then apply it. So right. yeah, I think Kenny is an excellent. No, I, I, I commented on that that I think he probably got more laughter in one lesson than I've got um, in nine years. <laughs> uh, because he does, he does tell a story so, so very well. Um, my, uh, well, we won't comment on my humor <laughs> or lack thereof. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm not trying to stroke your ego at all, but one of the things that I will say is you are very talented in your own way, Josh, that telling a, an Alabama story, that's not you. That's Kenny. Yeah. Uh, explaining passages, that's you. So in that vein, you talked about suffering. So <laughs> we, we go from my preaching to suffering. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's absolutely no connection other than none, this is something, whatsoever. <laughs> this is something that you talked about. So you, you, you talked about what suffering is and things like that. I think one of the things that that you have to take for granted is that we are all going to suffer. I'm reminded of that great philosopher uh, in in The Princess Bride that said, all life is pain. Anybody who says any differently is trying to sell you something. And in the Christian life, we do suffer. So why is it important for Christians to consider what suffering is? One day I want you to open the podcast by telling me stop rhyming and I mean it. And I'm going to respond with does anybody want anybody a want a peanut? Yeah. <sighs> okay. So we'll we'll if you haven't watched The Princess Bride do yourself a favor and do that. But to Kenny's question. I I I brought that lesson and you know we connected it to you know recent events within our state. Um the hurricane Ian and and the vast destruction that Ian, you know, wrecked in, in our state, particularly just the South of us. And, you know, there, there is suffering that occurs all across the world all the time. Right. And there's some suffering we can pinpoint and we can say, I know why that happened. I know why that person is suffering. Yeah. But you look at an event like this, and scientifically, sure, we could look at you know pressure systems and say, okay, here's why this hurricane took this track and not that track. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the big picture, why are people in Fort Myers having to suffer so much worse than I am here in Tampa? Mm-hmm. And it's important that we, we look at this from a biblical perspective, because I think there are a lot of wrong answers that are given for suffering. And... A lot of these wrong answers have an impact on how we think about God. The the famous Epicurean paradox was, how can you have a loving God who is all-powerful? Mm-hmm. In his sense, it doesn't make sense, because if he loves us, we wouldn't suffer. 
And if he's all powerful, we wouldn't suffer. But the very fact that we suffer means he's either one, not all loving, or he doesn't have the power to prevent our suffering. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that we look from a biblical perspective to understand that's not it. Uh, A passage I didn't use uh, um, in that Sunday, in that lesson, John chapter 9, and those familiar with the, the gospel of John, you're familiar. This is a chapter devoted to one miracle that Jesus performed. He he heals a man, restores the sight of a man who had never seen before. Right. But his own disciples asked him at the beginning of this encounter, they said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Mm -hmm. And they kind of demonstrated the same kind of thinking. Here's a person who's suffering. They're suffering because they're blind. That has to have come from God. Someone did something wrong, and therefore they're suffering as punishment for it. And that just does not uh, answer for a lot of the things that we see in this world. Again, I mean, are there there sinners in Fort Myers? Sure. But they're also righteous. Um, there are sinners who, who wake up in the morning hungry because they don't have any food to eat, but there are also the innocents who wake up in the morning hungry because they don't have any food to eat. So it's important that we look at, at suffering from a, a broader biblical perspective just to understand why suffering exists, mm-hmm. because otherwise we're going to begin to have some skewed notions about God and his character and his righteousness and his love. Yeah, yeah. Let me me be clear on this because I know this is what you what you mean. Sometimes we do suffer because we're stupid. Sure. And 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 let's be very clear about this. Yeah. It you cannot point to everybody else and not point at yourself in that situation because we have all been stupid. Yep. And some sometimes it is of your own making. Sometimes it's just chance. And sometimes a loving God lets us suffer. And the. It, 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 the wrong, the wrong-headed notion there is that all suffering is punishment for something, mm-hmm. and some suffering just happens. Yeah. Rain falls on the just and and the unjust. Yeah. So I mean, we could <laughs> we could examine the entire book of Job in this podcast. I mean, we yeah. could really put somebody to sleep if you and I <laughs> did that. But that's of course the the central question in Job. Here is a righteous person who's suffering. So does God get blamed for this or not? Right. 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 And really, I mean, when you start thinking about religions themselves, they often look at uh, religion as the escape hatch to suffering, that this is this is how we're going to get out of this. So let me ask you, does a good does being a good Christian mean that we will suffer less, not suffer at all, that that we will suddenly have lead a blissful existence? Yeah, this has been the the mantra of um, the televangelist for for quite a while, mm-hmm. and um, I found an interesting article, and it's actually from a few years back, where where Benny Hinn, no less, mm. kind of um, I don't want to say repented um, of his of his ways, um, but did at least ref- kind of give some remorse on his health and wellness gospel that he has you know certainly made famous. And, and in particular, the idea that, you know, if you would send in enough money to his ministry, I, I don't think he's uh, turning away money, uh, by the way. But, right. it, you know, he did promise to a lot of people, if you would send in enough money and, and you know, sow the seed of faith here, 
then your pain and your suffering from whatever illness uh, you have or you know whatever financial difficulties you've been having, that's going to go away. And that is the, the very notion that if you put faith in God, then these bad things that happen to you, they're not going to happen anymore. You're God's child. You have the favor of God. So you're going to be wealthy and you're going to be healthy and you are going to be prosperous. Well, mm-hmm. That is not the case in this life. Uh, we'll go to John 15 since we were in John 15, uh, John 9 earlier. But in John 15, in, in this whole connection where Jesus is, is telling his disciples he's leaving, they're going to have turmoil, they're going to have distress because he's leaving. And he seeks to comfort them, but he's also very real with them. Mm-hmm. And he says in John 15 and beginning of verse 18, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. Mm-hmm. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Mm-hmm. And he continues from there. Christians in this life. And I, I do think there is some aspects in which we do mitigate our suffering when we follow the ways of God. Yeah. In your personal relationships, you can uh, help prevent needless suffering in your personal relationships if you enact the principles of God. It's not foolproof, not guaranteed, but right. you can, as Scripture says, uh, as far as is possible, you can be at peace with all people. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with your spouse can and should be better if you enact godly principles. But of course, there are other aspects in which we suffer. Economy tanks, a natural disaster, sickness, disease, all these things. We suffer from these things just like everybody else. And Jesus is saying, because you follow me, you're going to suffer for that reason as well. And, you know, Kenny, you and I, we, we always come back to our kids. Well, that's exactly what we're trying to, <laughs> to take our kids through right now. You go to school and you are going to stand out because you're different. You don't follow the same trends as all the other kids. You don't watch all the shows as all the other kids. You don't say or do all the things that all the other kids do. And that's going to lead to some suffering on your part. Yeah. Yeah. So in this life, no. Now, ultimately, being a good Christian does, in fact, mean that we escape suffering. Because that's what we're trying to get to. And uh, we even opened the lesson uh, with Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4, where John records, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them, and he'll wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there'll be no longer, I'm sorry, there'll be no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. So ultimately, yes, religion, Christianity, Christ himself is the answer to suffering. But that comes later, not right now. So what you're saying is, if I'm a good Christian, I need to make sure that I'm suffering. Is that what you're saying here, Josh? <laughs> well, in in some ways, yes, um, because... If, if I'm trying to be like the world to prevent suffering, then 
that probably means I'm not following in the footsteps of Christ. So from that standpoint, you can say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm bringing suffering on myself because it's showing my affiliation with Christ. Right. And therefore I, I receive what I really want, the relationship with him and, and the, the being with him. Yeah. I think you agree with this is it's not our job to pick fights. We are not to be belligerent. We are to be, we are called to be peacemakers, right? Not warmongers. Right. Um, that does not mean that there are not times to fight. Right. But that does mean that you aren't looking for one. Right. And I think the other thing that I would say is you go to Galatians, the, the fruit of the spirit. It, it, and part of what he says there is these things, there's not a law against them. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, everybody takes these virtues, love, kindness, all of those. Everybody says these are great things to do. And if you're doing those things well, you should get some praise for that. Beware of false praise and beware for seeking the praise. But if you're following God, there's a lot of virtue that's going to follow you. Does that make sense? It does. When I was an elementary student, um, my parents had drilled into me, don't be a bully. Uh, I was I was a bigger kid than, than most of the kids in my class. They, they drilled into me uh, about being kind and respectful to others. And, and so they, they always drilled into me, you don't go and fight. That, that's not who we raise you to be. Right. Well, I remember a discussion in the car one day because there was a, a kid in my class who we had been friends and we ultimately wound up being friends again. But he decided I was going to be the object of his uh, not affection, uh, the object of his <laughs> scorn, his wrath, his ridicule. So he mm-hmm. began to pick on me and he was always trying to fight me. And I remember asking my parents, I said, you guys have always told me not to fight, but this kid is always just antagonizing and always trying to fight me. Mm-hmm. And that's when they made it clear to me that, okay, Josh, you don't go looking for a fight, but if the fight comes then you have a responsibility there. You, you, mm-hmm. you stand up and I, and I, you know, I'm still telling my kids don't go looking for a fight. <laughs> I don't want anybody <laughs> to do that. But from this broader perspective, as Christians, you're right. We're, we're peaceable. We're trying to, we're trying to hold out, uh, the, um, the, the truths of God. We're mm-hmm. not out there looking for a fight, but Satan's bringing the fight to us. Right, And so we have to stand our ground, we have to stand firm, and we have to combat that. That's exactly right. And the hardest fights that we have are the people with the people that we love the most. Jesus did that all the time. Yeah. You kind of made the argument, and, and you kind of referenced this as well, that suffering and even hell is basically relational. What does it mean that hell is a relationship? Um, people often talk about their happy place. Can you, do you have a happy place? <laughs> Indeed. I've got more than one happy place. Okay. Give me one. Two thirty in the morning in my bed. That's my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I won't, I won't disagree. Uh, but you know, you, you've got people say, you know, the beach is my happy place. And, oh yeah. And, yeah, the, yeah, and the mountains yeah. that, that, that's my happy place. And mm-hmm. if I were to choose between one of the two, I would go mountains every time. Me too. Beach. That is the right answer. Go ahead. Um, so the, the idea is when I'm there, I'm happy. 
Right. Now, not that happiness doesn't exist, you know, when you're back at your home and, and in your job, but you'd rather be in the mountains. Yeah. Okay. When you look at scripture, I think that's the 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 point that God is giving us, you know, from beginning to end. Man's happiest he's ever been was when he was in the garden with God. And you go to the very end of Scripture in the passage even that we just read in, in Revelation 21, and that passage begins by saying that now the temple of God is with man. Okay, so what man had in the garden is now restored in the end. And here's where there's no more sorrow, there's no more pain. So we are back to where we belong. We're back to where we can possibly be the happiest. What we're experiencing now is not that there's not happiness, but the relationship between man and God has fundamentally changed. And the scriptures say the reason for that is sin. Mm-hmm. Sin brought about, you know, just like you can't get to the mountains if your car is broke down. Well, sin broke down the car. Sin made it impossible for you to be back where you would be the happiest. Mm-hmm. But of course, Jesus is the one who has rectified that situation. He has made right. it now possible for us to be restored to our Father and our God. So all of this is a relational concept. The reason why we're suffering here, even, even these things that we can't pinpoint and say, here's why that happened. You know, here's why that earthquake happened, or that hurricane, or that famine, or, or whatever you want to say, that plague. This world isn't how it's supposed to be. Right. The creator of the world is not here. Therefore, the world itself, the, the creation itself, is mm. not how it's supposed to be. Right. Well, we're longing for, we're working toward, we're following in faith Jesus so that we can be back where things are like they're supposed to be. Now, what I said about hell was imagine an existence, if you can, and I don't think I can, and I don't really think anybody here can. Imagine an existence where there was no happiness, joy, light, love, any of the things that that ultimately come from God. Mm-hmm. And we can still experience those things because while we are separated from God, God is not completely removed out of the picture. He's still present in our lives. He's still operating in our lives. And, and so he's allowed us to experience all those things. Well, what if there was an existence where none of those things existed because God isn't there at all? Right. Now you have hell. Yeah. And that's why hell is relational. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't want to get in trouble. I, I'm not I'm not trying to contradict scripture when it talks about the flames and, and the fire and all that. And I'm not saying that that wouldn't exist there. I think all that that terminology, all that imagery is given because Jesus and the apostles are saying you can't imagine an existence where there is no no joy, no light no peace, none of that. Cause that's man has not, ex- not man has not experienced that, mm-hmm. but that's yeah. what hell would be. Yeah. Well, it, the, any virtue that we have, and this is your point, any virtue we have, anything that's good is coming from God. And mm-hmm. when you take God out of the picture, you also lose everything that's good, right? And and you you lose not just anything that is, but the possibility that anything can be, right? 
And so, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. I, I think, and I think you said this, you've said this recently where you, it's the, the idea of hell really is the absence of God. Mm-hmm. And if you are looking for a heaven without God there, you're not looking for heaven no, at all. No, you're not looking for heaven at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that 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 makes that makes sense to me. Okay. So, let's end up where we always end up, which is how does understanding suffering help us with God's upward call? I think we give a few um answers to this. Uh, the first one is when we suffer in this life, it, it does remind us that this isn't how we're supposed to be. And again, just look at the beginning of Scripture and look at the end of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Suffering is not God's original intention for man and is not God's final intention for man. God's mm-hmm. intention for man is to exist with him. And where that is, there is no suffering. So when we suffer, we should reflect, this isn't what God wants. Mm-hmm. Okay. Suffering also, and particularly if we're suffering for the sake of righteousness, that lets us know, okay, I'm on the right side. As hard as that is, when I when I'm experiencing suffering, when I'm experiencing persecution, it lets me know I, I'm 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 on the side of Christ because Jesus said they'll persecute you because they persecuted me. And then finally, it gives us the reason to pursue the call. Like like you just said, you can't have a heaven without God being there. Well, we're pursuing his call. We're we're on the upward call because we want to be with him. That's heaven. That's where the suffering ends. And so that is the constant and eternal motivation to pursue his ways so that we can be where he is. I really couldn't say it any better. All right. Are you going to be speaking this next time? I am. And going to do something that um, I'm trying to set something up and not, not for myself. We are going to, we, uh, Steve Patton and I, uh, we give Isaac our, the intern, um, some assignments from time to time. Mm-hmm. And we have given him an assigned lesson that he's done very well on. And we're going to let him present that lesson, not this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday. Okay. And I'm going to try to set that lesson up for him. Uh, I'm setting mm-hmm. that lesson up by looking at, how is it that we can answer or give good answers to Bible questions and not only have, well, here's the passage that says explicitly do this or don't do this. Right. What are the other keys to giving good Bible answers? So that's really what we're going to be looking at this Sunday. And again, I hope it sets up uh, some things that Isaac's going to take care of the next Sunday. That sounds good. So I tell you what, why don't we talk about it next time? Sounds great, Kenny. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. The sermon we referenced in this episode is in the show notes. We have all of our information at universitychurchofchrist.org. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.